Welcome to Buffalo Camp Day Recap. I'm Thad Brown along with A.J. Feldman. Practice number eight in the books for the Buffalo Bills here at St. John Fisher. And this practice had a scary moment at the end. Jordan Poyer left practice with an arm injury. The Bills are officially calling it an elbow injury. What happened was it was a first and goal play from the five, a run play. Poyer, as he often is from the safety position, came up to get involved in the tackle. It was a play that didn't go anywhere. So there's a giant pile of bodies around James Cook, who was carrying the ball and Poyer came out holding his left arm, was on the sidelines for about five minutes with trainers. The unusual part is that when he got up to leave practice, he took about eight, nine steps, then had to take a knee again. Looked like he was feeling kind of faint. After that, he walked into the tunnel to go under the stands, back towards the locker room, had to again sit down in a chair and was finally carted away. So look, elbow injury is concerning, you know, by itself. It's, it's not necessarily an awful thing that, or, or uh, a concerning thing in terms of whether or not Poirier will play what happened afterward, but AJ, for sure, you know, unusual to see a guy with, you know, what has just seemed to be a regular arm leg injury being affected in other ways. Yeah, you know, when this injury first happened, we all saw him, you know, kind of grab his arm a little bit. We thought, you know, all right, maybe he just got dinged by a by helmet, something like that. So maybe he's just got to shake it off a little bit. And then, like you said, he, he goes to the sidelines, he goes down, he gets looked at, tons of people looking at him. And then he just keeps walking away and it just keeps getting worse. He can't walk. He's got to bend over. Like you said, he, you know, eventually he gets driven off in a cart. So a weird situation for sure, something you definitely don't see, you know. There's, you know, adrenaline going, things like that. Everything's, you know, probably run through his head, so maybe something like that. For those of you who are not in western New York, um, Rochester, Buffalo, it is not particularly hot today, so it was not one of those 95-degree training camp days where, you know, this could kind of be expected. So unknown what was going on there. Um, you know, we did see him walking around after practice, and, you know, it seemed fine. It's not like he was, you know, getting wheelchaired around or anything like that. So, um, but something definitely to keep an eye on is now Micah Hyde out and uh, still not participating in team drills with that, uh, you know, that you know, hip glute injury, whatever. And uh, now Jordan Poyer. Like you said, th this weather today was about as good as it gets for training camp. Not sunny at all. Nice breeze. Really cool. In addition to Poyer, by the way, uh, Marquez Stevenson left practice with a foot injury. Um, he was injured in a one-on-one -on -one drill, immediately was in pain, didn't seem too serious, but again, another injury sustained by the Bills today. Now, as for the practice itself, the guy that stood out to me two days in a row is rookie corner Christian Benford, who, again, was getting a lot of first-team reps and very much holding his own. I mean, against Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, he's going up against the Bills' top receivers and is not necessarily erasing them or, or winning battles every single time, but he looks like he belongs on the field with those guys. And it's, it's crazy because yesterday I saw him, I noticed him in a practice for the first time and tweeted that, well, this is a guy that's probably destined for the practice squad. But he is making a name for himself to be a part of this roster. Look, it's only been a couple good practices, but the amount of first-team reps he's getting and the way he's performing means that he's going to get more for sure. So Benford is the guy who stood out to me today. Yeah, it's weird. So far, you know, there's not a ton of training camp battles so far. Um, you know, going into camp, it's, it's a pretty set roster. But the bubble guys, I think the guys that maybe we expected to step up on the bubble haven't really done maybe a ton. You know, Cam Lewis maybe is that guy at that cornerback position. Nick McLeod stepped up, as we'll talk to him uh, a little bit later. Um, you know, like you said, Christian Benford. Um, so these these bubble guys are kind of shaping out maybe a little bit more differently than we thought coming into training camp, I'd say. Well, that's why they that's why they play the practices, as Chris Berman would not really say. Um, we'll talk, by the way, Nick McLeod, you sat down with him today. That story will be coming up on News 8 um, later on this week. You know, the other thing that I saw today that, that really stood out is that the offense was just plain not good. I mean, this – and look, 
they're playing without three starting offensive linemen. Uh, Greg Manns, the one of the backup guards, also was out of practice today. So you had Bobby Hart and Cody Ford at guard, probably guards three and four, or maybe four and five on the team. So is that a factor? Absolutely it is. But separate of that, you know, Josh Allen just wasn't good. He was making poor decisions. He had an interception to Taron Johnson today where Johnson was so far out in front of Isaiah McKenzie, it looked like Johnson was running the route and McKenzie was the guy defending. So what is Josh Allen doing throwing that ball? He tried to force another one to James Cook on the goal line, deflected twice, and Terrell Bernard had an interception. So things around Josh Allen are not good. But Josh Allen wasn't good. The whole offense wasn't good. Um, and, it, again, the last week when we talked about a couple other practices where the offense wasn't good, am I concerned? No, it's the Bills' offense. It's Josh Allen. They're going to be fine. But that said, you know, we're eight practices in. I think the offense has had one good one so far. So, you know, once again, injuries are a factor, but I think it is something that's concerning. Yeah, you know, the story, first day, second day of practice, the defense is always ahead of the offense yeah. at this part of camp. We're halfway through camp, and it's still kind of the case. Like you said, really nothing to be concerned about. There's no alarms going off, but something to keep an eye on going forward. Like you said, a bad day for the offense. One of the guys that we both liked on the offensive side of the ball, Isaiah Hodgins. A couple nice plays in one-on-ones. Had a really good one-on-one session. He was just, mm -hmm. anytime he was getting the ball thrown his way, he was making a play. Um, and this is a guy that, you know, outside receiver right now, it's Stephon Diggs, it's Gabriel Davis, and it's a bunch of question marks. You know, they've obviously has have a lot of guys to play the slot. You know, you've got Jake Kumaro, who obviously does good things on special teams. So if there's a way for a guy like Isaiah Hodgins to find his way onto a roster, the, the path is open for him. Yep. He's doing a good job of getting it so far. Whether or not, you know, his offensive production will weigh out, you know, special teams, decisions, stuff like that. But he's certainly younger than Jake Kumaro. He certainly has, you know, more potential. He's having a, a good couple of practice here lately. And Hodgins was a draft pick of this regime, so that helps as well. But I think you're right. Hodgins has got to be so good on offense, he's going to have to outplay Kumaro's ability to be effective on special teams as well. Now, Leslie Frazier met with the media this morning today, it's a, a rotating group for us of coordinators along with Sean McDermott. And AJ, you were impressed with something Frazier said about Ed Oliver and the way he's developed as a player. Yeah, and you know, Ed Oliver, he's always had the potential, you know, high draft pick last year. Certainly his best season that he's had so far, um, you know, disruptive force on the inside. He's been talking about how he's meshing with Von Miller so far. So we're expecting some more good things about him today. And then Leslie Frazier said that, um, you know, the thing that was really the difference Last year, the thing that is that maybe the difference so far is the mental side of the game. Obviously, you know, the strength, the size, it's always been there for Ed Oliver, but he was really impressed with how Ed Oliver is kind of coming into his own as a pro so far. Early on, he was relying so much on his physical ability, uh, trying to outpower people. Uh, I'm stronger than you. I'm tougher than you. Uh, but I think he learned over time at this level, uh, the neck up matters, uh, being able to understand situational footballs, first and 10 versus uh, third and one, you know, things are going to be a little bit different. It's third and 10 versus third and two. It's going to be a little bit different. So that's where I've seen the greatest growth. And I attribute a lot of that to Eric Washington's coach. I mean, that was something we talked about uh, over last off season. Uh, that was an area we wanted to see him grow, just understanding the game. And boy, he, his, his, his game took off uh, last season. So we're looking forward to uh, more of that. Uh, in 2022. And Oliver yesterday was an absolute terror on the field. I mean, Carl Jones said at one point Sean McDermott had to yank the first team defensive line off the field because the offense couldn't get anything done. Again, backup, super backup guards are a factor, but credit Oliver, you know, when you're going against guys who don't belong on the field, you got to make them look that way. He did that yesterday. Now, another guy that's been impressive has been Kair Elam. We talked about him, you know, quite a bit. Elam had a, a solid practice today, a bit up and down. You know, one thing I'm noticing with him, if he gets his hands on a receiver, 
he almost erases anyone, whether it's Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis. Today, he had a rep against Marquez Stevenson where he didn't get his hands on him, and Stevenson was open for a touchdown. Regardless, Elam is a guy who's certainly been promising early in this camp, and Carl Jones sat down with Elam and Elam's father to talk about how Elam comes into this camp much more prepared than most rookies. Kair Elam is only 21 years old, but you couldn't tell based off what the Bills have said about him so far. You can already tell he just listens. He pays attention. His maturity when it comes to his work ethic. You know, what stands out about him first is his professionalism. Kair comes from a family of professionals. He has a leg up on most of his peers. Kair had the answers to the test, and he was willing to listen, and he was willing to follow the, you know, the tutelage and, and the blueprint that was set for him. That's his dad, Abe, who played seven seasons in the NFL while his uncle, Matt, was a first-round pick of the Baltimore Ravens. Abe said he tries to stay hands-off as much as he can, but he still drops knowledge if need be. He's a tremendous help. We talk every day, man. He calls me every single day. He does not miss a day because he knows uh, being a rookie is not easy. Spending two years of his NFL career with the New York Jets, Abe is very familiar with the Bills. He got his first and only career touchdown off of a pick six against the Bills back in 2008. Now, the Bills are a lot better today than what they were over a decade ago, and he's happy that Kyrie landed in the situation that he did. Nowhere else in the league do you get three all-pro guys in the secondary. What they're building here, and for him to be a part of something special, I, I mean, I, I couldn't be more proud. Kyrie may be a rookie on the field, but as his dad Abe said, he's bringing almost 30 years of knowledge into that building. From St. John Fisher in Pittsburgh, I'm Carl Jones. Got a chance to meet Abe Elam for a while as well while Carl was doing this story. And, you know, a really fun guy to talk to, a guy who, you know, has been around the block, knows everything about the NFL. I was actually on the field during that pick six um, where he ran it back uh, against the Bills playing for the Jets. And, you know, that was back in the uh, Trent Edwards era of uh, Bills drought football where, yeah, pick six that goes 90 yards the other way, that's pretty typical for the Bills. But, you know, Abe was very appreciative of, um, you know, the, the compliments that we gave him for his career and, and a guy who, you know, one of the, just the solid, you know, uh, really dependable NFL players uh, when he was in the game. Um, AJ, you know, another big story from this camp, Isaiah McKenzie, you know, a guy that we talked about yesterday in this spot as someone who is this close to probably winning the slot battle that we fought, thought might be a four-headed monster. That means he's going to have more time in the field, and he talked today about what that might be like. Yeah, you know, Sean McDermott said yesterday about how that's going to be adjusting for him in itself, you know, opposing teams game planning for him, yep. getting extra roles. You know, you're going to have a lot more bad reps when you have a lot of oh, reps yeah. in yeah. general. And he talked today about his mindset going into, uh, you know, this season, preparing for that bigger role, trying to, uh, you know, get this bigger role, win this starting job, things like that. And he kind of said that there wasn't too much of an adjustment, you know. It's the way that he's had to play in his, his entire career, and it's the way he's kind of approached this training camp so far. I feel like I've been running for the past five years. I've just been running, just been running, you know, just waiting on my opportunity to get this, to get this opportunity. And I feel like it's it's come now, and I feel like I just got to stack days. You know, I got to be consistent, continue to do what I'm, I've been doing, and just be prepared at every moment, every any given time, get over and catch the ball, score points when I can, and just help the team win. And yeah, McKenzie, like kind of most of the offense, didn't really have a great day of practice. He had uh, one play where. You know, he was, you know, doing some work in the backfield. It was a miscommunication with him and Josh or a bobbled hand. Yeah, one, one of those, like, uh, like quick pitch passes forward. Yeah. It didn't go well. Didn't go well. Um, but, you know, he's had a really strong camp. He stood out so far. And, uh, you know, he's, he seems to be taking this, uh, this starting slot receiver job, uh, grabbing it with both hands so far. The thing that I noticed about him in one-on-ones in -on today with uh, receiver corners 
is that he didn't win all the time. He was probably won as many as he lost, but his confidence level to me seemed high. One Isaiah of the McKenzie has confidence. Yeah, shocker. What? I know, I know, I know. But regardless, look, look. There's one thing about talking confidence and talking trash confidence. Isaiah McKenzie knows he can do that. On the field, the way he carries himself and the way he goes through his routes, to me, and maybe it's just me, you know, looking at this guy as a potential or a likely starter. To me, it feels like he's more confident in what he's doing on the field. I mean, he went, he ran one route in uh, one-on-ones where he basically rope-a-dope to DB. He kind of took one step off the line, stopped, and then after a good second of a heartbeat, took off down for a, a short fade and, and got open. It was a great route. I don't know if he'd really be able to use it in a game, but regardless, he won the rep and, and looked very confident doing it. So I've been impressed with that part of his game so far. Yeah, and you, you, you think back to last year when he had the problems with the muffs and the, and the kickoff mm-hmm. problems. I believe it was, what, the, uh, the New Orleans game where he got benched? Um, yes. Do I have that correct? Yeah, was, and, and if I remember, it, it looked like he was walking around at a funeral pregame. What? Yeah, so. I remember, remember watching him on the field and thinking, you know, this guy might never play again. We didn't know at the time then what was going to happen. But, yeah, I mean, it, it looked like he thought – uh, or maybe I'm, I'm inferring again, but it certainly was not a happy day for no. him. And, and maybe the, the thoughts were my career might be over. Yeah, and you, you saw him tweet out stuff like that. You know, someone was like, oh, my season's over. He's, and someone replied, no, you're good. You'll be back in there. He's like, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. I, so there was a lot about Isaiah McKenzie last year. And like you said, it's one thing to be bashful the face of the franchise. It's another thing to, you know, get up quickly after a bad rep so if he can improve on that especially when he has this potential starting job that'll be big for him going forward um one more thing about today uh, in terms of the injuries we talked about Micah Hyde still not participating in team drills Jameson Crowder was in on team drills today so some improvement there from the wide receiver core uh Greg Manns and Brandon Bryant were the two additions to the guys who were on the bikes other than that nothing changed still no Ryan Bates still no Roger Saffold offensive line remains a work in progress at best really it's a mess right now if that's frankly what it's been um but we're only what a month and six days from the real games beginning I think the Bills have time all right tomorrow uh practice three of five in a row this week this one will not have a full fan attendance it'll only be uh corporate sponsors so much less energy um but the Bills will be out here doing the work and, and so will we it'll be Carl Jones in this spot with me tomorrow until then Thank you very much for watching Buffalo Camp Day Recap. For A.J. Feldman, I'm Thad Brown. Remember, you can watch every day there is practice at RochesterFirst.com, and you can listen on Spotify in the podcast version. Thanks for watching and listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.